Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. When we change administrations, oftentimes retirement plans change too. Well, this is no different. With the blue moving into the house, the big house, we have some new plans coming your way. What does that mean to you, me, and your employees? Retirement plans is on the list, and Chase Wilsey from Wilsey Asset Management will be joining us at this table. So pull up a chair. We're going to have some Chase going on. Chase Wilsey will be at the table here on Business Soup. Chase, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you following in the big footsteps of your dad, who couldn't make it today. But you know what? We got the good looking one this time. <laughs> He's got some some nice charm to him, too, you know. <laughs> well, you're walking in big footsteps and you're doing a great job. Today, we're going to be talking about the blue highlighter that's going to be going through the retirement plans, the 401ks, the Roth, the IRAs. So what does it mean to the current structure for the deductions and 401s with the blue marker? This is something that, that's kind of come out uh, over the last several months as, as you know, the Biden campaign has kind of looked at taxes and, and how they want to actually structure different things to, uh, I'm going to call it level the playing field in terms of the tax structure. And one thing that they have come across now is the 401k market. And currently with 401ks, you get a nice dollar-for-dollar deduction every dollar you put into the 401k plan. But what they're trying to do is remove that deduction and actually implement a tax credit rather than a tax deduction. By reducing that benefit, aren't they going to take away the sizzle or the 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 benefit of the kind of like blow up the bargain for the business owners and say, you know what, I'd rather get it on the front end than on the back end? It's interesting that the way they're kind of looking at this is it's trying to take away from the high income earners and essentially, I'm going to say redistribute the wealth to the lower income earners. And the reason I say that is if you think about a tax deduction, you have the people at the top end for every dollar they put in, well, they get a 30% tax deduction for that, let's say. Where if somebody's in the 10% tax bracket, well, now they only get a 10% tax deduction for it. But if you give a tax credit, which is what they want to talk about doing, is they're saying, well, let's actually give a flat tax credit for everybody that put money into it so the high-income earners don't get more benefit than the low-income earners. I think there's lots of problems with that. As a business owner, if I'm contributing to, as you just referenced, dollar in, dollar credit, if I am the employer and I'm contributing to it, how does that impact my small business and potentially the relationship with my employees? It's going to be interesting because, I mean, we do 401k plans for different businesses and so forth. And I've had a few conversations with clients asking about that. You know, what are we going to do here? Because the small business owner, they're the ones that generally get more benefit from it. Well, they have a lot of administrative expenses that also accompany these 401k plans. So if they don't have that ability to actually have that high deduction, it might not be worth them to keep a 401k plan. So I do worry about small businesses continuing on with them if we do see a plan like this pass. And I mean, it's important to remember, small businesses employ about 58.9 million people or about 47.5% of the workforce. It could be very detrimental to the retirement planning portion of the business 
I don't think your big companies like, you know, Microsoft and Intel and, and those big companies, I don't think it's going to impact them. Those administration fees aren't really a reason they don't offer 401k plans. It's going to, again, trickle down to those small businesses. Don't they realize that in the end, it is the consumer who ends up paying, not the businesses themselves? It's a pass-through. So what is their line of thinking that they think that this is going to work for the small business person and their employee of the small business? The idea is that the, the people at the bottom will get more benefit because right now there are still people that you know are in those lower income tax brackets that might not be that attracted to the 401k plan. They think that by offering a better tax credit, okay, maybe that'll increase the uh, contribution amounts or the amount of people at the lower end contributing to the 401k plan. So that's kind of, I believe, what they're thinking. But as you said, the, the big problem here is if the small business owner can't afford the 401k plan or actually sees other alternatives now, well, I don't think there's going to be a 401k plan to begin with. I mean, I, I spoke to one of our clients and I say at the administration cost level that you have, if the business owner, if he loses that deduction, I say, you know, maybe we can just open an IRA rollover, close the 401k plan, and we would just go to an individual type management for you guys to get rid of the administration fees to wipe out any costs that you used to have. I mean, that's the thing that I, I think is unfortunate with a lot of the political rhetoric is, that we see is that people don't think, well, the rules change. Now there's going to be impacts and there's going to be changes if you change the rules of the game. That's the problem is that so often the politicians, they have good intentions, but their actions speak differently than the intentions. The intention behind this is to help those, as you described, at the lower end of the tax bracket. And they're going to be taking away from those at the higher tax bracket, who are oftentimes the employers of the lower tax bracket. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, going to be a huge problem. I mean, I, I just wanted to touch, too, on, on how an IRA or 401k typically works is if you get, you know, a nice tax deduction for it going into it, what happens is you get taxed on the back end. So let's say, you know, I'm a business owner. My 401k has done just tremendous. I have now a couple million dollars in that 401k. When you start to pull money out of there, now you're getting that tax rate of 30%. So great, I got a tax credit for 26%, but now I'm being taxed at 30% pulling it out. I, I think this is just a disaster waiting to happen if something like this were to pass. We're talking with Chase Wilsey from the Wilsey Asset Management Firm out of San Diego, my hometown. There are other things that are being blue-lined, and that has to do with tax cuts. Now, Biden famously said he's not going to raise anybody's taxes. However, he is pledging to draw a line through the so-called Trump tax cuts. Isn't that an indirect tax increase? It absolutely is. And I mean, the problem I've seen is he said he's not going to increase taxes for anybody that makes less than $400,000. But I haven't seen the details of his tax plan just yet. I mean, they talked about reversing the tracks. Trump tax cuts on day one. So if they reverse the Trump tax cuts, there were still people in the, the middle class and you know the lower income tax brackets that also benefited from that. So until we see some type of true tax plan with tax brackets and all the tax credits and everything, it's really hard to actually pinpoint who's going to pay more and who's going to pay less. And are people under 400000 still going to keep the benefit they received under the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was input by the Trump administration? 
So if he takes away or draws a, a blue line through those tax cuts, that is a tax increase, and that has an impact, especially for those on a fixed income, whether it be Social Security, whatever the income is, you start charging more for maybe utilities or rent or taxes, then you're taking away from the gross fixed income, and they have to make adjustments to cover those other expenses by robbing the the food, the transportation, or other expenses. It kills me that our politicians don't figure this out. Absolutely. I mean, the money has to come from somewhere and, you know, it it could really derail some people's financial plans as well. You know, you go into retirement with the idea of, okay, I'll pay this amount in taxes, but if you get a tax hike in retirement, I mean, it could throw you off track a little bit and and change your lifestyle. So that's why I do want to see a little bit more detail on it. I mean, you can't just cancel Trump tax cuts. You almost have to, I know, I don't want to go back to Obamacare and, you know, repeal and replace and everything, but you have to repeal and replace the tax cuts. You can't just repeal the tax cuts cuts and not have a tax increase. It's a balancing act. When you take something away, you have to add to the other to bring a balance to it. And so with that, being that this is a small business program, how is my small business going to handle those contributions? You mentioned earlier, maybe we go into a different plan. How many people are thinking of that one? It's going to have to kind of come as as the rules come. And it's almost like we're playing a game without knowing the rules just yet. I always say you got to wait for the rules to be implemented before you can make any big decisions on that. But as I said, I, I do think if this were to pass, you're going to see less 401ks by small businesses. I think you're going to see more ownership for individuals to take on that retirement planning portion because it it just doesn't make as much sense for the employers to do it at that time. I think that's the big concern there. The other thing I will point out is it could be beneficial. I, I, I think the big problem that employers have is their lack of education for employees of financial well-being and so forth. To be honest with you, the whole rhetoric of attacking the rich here to tax them higher and actually give it back to the poor, I don't think that the poor, the lower income people, the 10, I don't want to say poor, but the people in the 10 to 12% income tax bracket, I don't even think they should be putting in a 401k to begin with. There's not that tax benefit to it. They should be putting into a Roth IRA, which generally isn't as beneficial to the people at the top. They don't even have the ability to put into Roth IRA. And I think there's just a lot of lack of education for those people in understanding what is the difference between a traditional and a Roth IRA. If employers truly want to help their employees, I think starting with financial education is a great way to talk about the differences here of what is traditional, what is Roth, what might make more sense for your situation. Well, I know from my own personal experience that when I was your age and younger that putting away money in a retirement plan was the furthest thing from my mind. And unless it was, and as it was, forced upon me or I didn't even know about it, it didn't get done. If someone is listening to this show and they have their children and hopefully they have their home-based business and their kids are their employees as well, with a home-based business, is it treated differently in the contributions when you're dealing with family members than any other non-family employees? To be honest with you, it is interesting. Uh, obviously, I do work with my father, Brent, here. We do have a 401k plan. When you are the son of an employer, the daughter of the employer, uh, and you have other employees, you actually kind of get the short end of the stick here because it's going to be taxed a little bit differently. And that's under the current administration, the current 401k plans. Uh, but if you are, let's just say, a completely family-owned business with no external employees, there's a lot of benefit that comes there. But 
generally I, I look at it, you know, uh, Brent, he's a lot closer to retirement than I am. I don't need as much of a benefit now as somebody like him that can get a greater tax deduction and also kind of supercharge his retirement. Well, right now I, I look at my retirement saying I'm saving, I'm getting the benefit of compounding, which is a huge benefit. And it's just nice to have any type of retirement savings as a, a younger professional. There's always the talk about first thing you do is you pay yourself and you want to put something away. Is there a percentage of one's income that they should theoretically and physically and be the good student listening to this show here with you? How much of a percentage of income should they put away? And is that from the gross, adjusted gross, net operating? You know, how far down the line can I start deducting before I put that percentage away? If you do have a 401k plan, if your small business is, you know, generous or you work for a larger business and they do have a 401k plan that has a matching provision in it, you need to put in whatever that match is. Because if you're not taking advantage of it, let's say like, for example, our 401k at our office, we have to put in 6% to get a 4% match. Well, yeah, you better be putting in the 6% because otherwise you're just throwing away free money, essentially. You're not taking advantage of that match. So that's step one, I would say, look there. But to be honest, 6% is still not enough. Generally, just a general rule of thumb, I kind of look at 10% as a, a pretty good level as gross income. But that's if you're starting in your late 20s, early 30s. If you're not starting until your 40s or 50s, it needs to be a lot more than 10% of your income because <laughs> you're never going to be able to retire at that point. For a married couple, what are some of the strategies that they should be looking at in the 2021 and beyond for legally, morally, and ethically reducing their tax liability now that we have a new administration coming in? What, what can they do now to start planning? You know, as I said, there's still a lot of uncertainty with it out there as to what exactly is going to be changing. Uh, you know, the big thing is just really understanding your tax brackets, taking advantage of perhaps, you know, spousal IRAs to try and get a deduction if your spouse may not work, for example, maybe looking at doing some type of retirement contributions to work 401ks to take a advantage of that deduction now, just in case anything does change down the road. I mean, it, it is just kind of about planning and looking at your individual tax brackets or your collective tax brackets as a married couple and, and really seeing what is the best opportunity for you to take advantage of all the available deductions and the available tax credits at this time as well. When you haven't started a 401k or an IRA or Roth, is there a benefit to starting before the end of the year? And if so, how much money can I or should I afford to be able to put into it to take advantage of the current tax situation? So with a 401k, unfortunately, you're only allowed to do it as a payroll deduction. So you would need to start it before the end of the year. You do have to check with eligibility requirements and so forth with your workplace. But you want to make sure you start that before the end of the year to deduct any contributions from your W-2 income, your, the wages that you earn for the year. The nice thing with a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA is they give you until tax time to actually make those contributions and take advantage of those tax benefits in both those plans. So you still have a little bit more time in planning with those, but the 401k, you only got a, a couple pay periods left depending on your line of work here to take advantage of that. 
Well, we've been talking with Chase Wilsey from Wilsey Asset Management about the blue line in the tax code. There's so much to learn and and do. And for more information, go to BizSoup. You can connect with the Wilsey Asset Management right through BizSoup, where business comes for business. Chase, I want to thank you for stepping in, and you are welcome anytime. And I can't thank you for sharing this serving here on The Soup. That's Business Soup. Thanks, Chase. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.